Well, that is it. The season is over. Welcome to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am Jeff Garcia, your host on this voyage of this episode. And uh, I am joined by Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. He'll be on in a few seconds. Uh, basically, what we're going to talk about today. Yes, I know, season ended a few days ago, but I needed a break. I needed some time just to decompress, gather my thoughts. What just happened? <laughs> season just finished. And um, much like Monty Genova, I want to take some time before I came on to do another lockdown Spurs like him and his ultimate decision was to continue this uh, his NBA career. But nevertheless, the Spurs season is over. It came crashing down uh, in five games to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, got out fought the Spurs. They did their best uh, to make it a game. We'll talk about that in a lot more. Uh, but, so now what? Basically, that's the question now. Now what? We know what everybody's on going to be on their mind this offseason. Not a secret. But there's something more. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, the offseason, Kawhi Leonard, and much more. So let's go ahead and bring on Joe. Joe, eh, it's over. It was kind of inevitable from the get-go once the Spurs drew the Warriors in the first round. Am I right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of, you know, I had hope, I believed, you know, and and it almost ha- it almost happened, you know. You, you, there was a chance, <laughs> however slim, but it kind of slipped away, in, you know, in Game Five. Yeah, and yes, Spurs made a furious comeback late in the game to cut it down to single digits, and made the Warriors sweat a bit. Uh, the Spurs were just not willing to give up. Uh, it was basically Spurs pride on display. Mon Ginobili, uh, ten points for the game in what could have been his final game in a Spurs uniform. Marcus Aldridge is doing all he can. He's a beast in the second half, finishing with 30-plus points. Uh, but in the end, the Warriors just proved too much of that road issue. Popped up again in Game 5. And uh, not surprisingly, the Spurs exited from the playoffs, and their season is over. Now, Joe, uh, you know, as far as the game is concerned, we talked about how they, were, they made a furious comeback. Spurs pride. Let's talk about that. Spurs had a lot of pride in that last game. They went down swinging. Oh, yeah, they played with a lot of heart, you know, and you can't ask for anything more. I mean, they gave you pretty much everything they had out there. I mean, they they put on a display no matter who they had out there on the court, even though they were without their star player um, in Kawhi Leonard for most of the season, including mm-hmm. the, the postseason. But I, I think they, they did a lot of good things out there, and, you know, that's just something to build upon and, you know, the city and the fans should be proud of what the Spurs did this season. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Spurs fans should be proud. I know I am. I know definitely know Joe is. Uh, the Spurs, uh, you know, didn't get swept. So, again, that Spurs pride showed in Game 4. Uh, they narrowly um, lost a few of the first couple of games. I think Game 3 is a game that, in my opinion, I think slipped out of their hands. Um you're looking at their pride in Game 5 uh, to make a comeback. Because pretty much, Joe, as you know, this, everybody knows this. The Warriors are just slaughtering San Antonio for much of the uh, Game 5 until the Spurs, uh, you know, try to do their best to come back. And uh, that's it. Uh, you know, uh, I liked afterwards, Joe. A lot of the focus, though, was on Popovich and what he's going through right now with the passing of his wife, Draymond Green. As much as the Spurs fans love to hate him, had a lot of good things to say about Pop, a lot of sentimental, heartfelt messages. 
Clay Thompson after the game spoke about the Spurs and how they're just one prideful team and they, you know, mentioned Pop, Steve Kerr, you know, said the same thing too. Messina talked about it as well. Um, it just goes to show you that sometimes the game of basketball is just secondary, Joe. Oh yeah, you know, life in sports in general are, are you know, bigger than basketball. You know, so there's a lot of more things that, you know, I think Coach Pop is going to have to think about. You know, it kind of brought it up yesterday when I was in the studio and they asked me about what my thoughts were about Coach Pop. And I said, you know, at this juncture, uh, given, you know, he's going to be spending time with his family in the offseason and doing a lot of deep thinking. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if he just came out one day and said, you know, my heart is just not in it anymore and I, I no longer want to coach. I mean, you couldn't mm-hmm. fault the guy for that if that is, in fact, what could transpire. But I'm more than sure he's going to come back and coach for another year. But given everything he's gone through right now, I mean, would you be mad at the guy if he said, I'm just my heart's just not in it anymore? No, you can't. He's a, think about it. You, you know, that golden age of the Spurs is long gone. Let's face it. But the Tim Duncan, Manu, Prime Manu, Prime Parker, it's gone. And, you know, he now, we do not know. We'll talk about it more. You know, we know Kawhi under the situation he has. And if it's true that he's not being that soldier type star player, maybe Pop's just not used to that. And of course, the passing of his wife, and then it's the changing of the guard in the NBA in general. Let's face it, Joe, this is an NBA player's league. It's not a coach's league. And if you're not in line with the players and, you know, pretty much, you know, getting them on your page and really, really, you know, catering to them, then, you know, you probably won't have much success. Uh, and just thinking Popovich is an old, old school guy, you know, he's disciplinarian, yeah. you know, get the job done, team first, and yeah, I'm not implying that Kawhi is like this, but, you know, a lot of the reputation among NBA star players is that their team, their team, everything revolves around them, and, well, that's for another day, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the season, though, now that it came to an end, Joe, a part of me is kind of glad. Uh, somebody asked me about the season, and I said, well, I was kind of hoping that the Warriors would just old yell or the Spurs, you know, take them out of their misery. I really did. I, not because I didn't want to see any more Spurs basketball, but simply because this season as a whole was just so, eh, it was so blah. It was just so, there was like this dark gray cloud hovering over it. The Kawhi drama, the, the he said, she, she, she said about the situation, the constant injuries, you know, you got fans, or, I mean, Joe, I mean, seriously, on the fan front, though, I mean, you're probably better at this than I am. I mean, I've never seen fans so divided this season, you know, bashing Patty Mills, bashing Kawhi, bashing Pop, and then, of course, they got the pro Spurs, that you know, no Spurs can never do wrong. Uh, you know, the team, you know, they're going to be there at the end. They're going to win a title. I mean, I saw a very divided fan base. And in the end, that when I see this season, I'm like, I'm kind of part of it. Like, thank God it's over. And then he just hit that reset button. So I'm, I don't mean to keep on going on here, but, you know, when I look at this season, I just felt like when you're playing the classic uh, NES Nintendo system yeah. and you're halfway through the level and you mess up, you're like, oh, you know, let's just start over again. I just hit the, hit the reset button on the computer. And then you reset and you start to go over again, fresh. And that's what I felt this season like. I felt like it just needed that Nintendo reset button uh, about midway through the season when I knew already that this was not going to end well. Joe? Yeah, I mean, uh, what a lot of people don't understand, you know, we have a lot of 
new Spurs fans or younger Spurs fans, and they've never faced adversity before. You know, we have a lot yeah. of millennials, you know, they don't know uh, or actually witness when the Spurs weren't, weren't that great, you know, in the yeah. late 80s, you know, even in the 90s, we mm-hmm. had a lot of heartbreak, a lot of first round knockouts, you know, team mm-hmm. was doing good during the regular season. They just didn't have the magic or the, you know, the talent wise uh, to push through, you know, for the playoffs for, for a number of years, you know, they just couldn't get over the hump. And then all of a sudden, you know, we... We get lucky in the lottery, and guess what happens? You know, we get a, a David Robinson, and then we get yeah. a Tim Duncan, then we get a Coach Pop. You know, things in the in the NBA, it it you can set your clock by it. It comes in mm-hmm. waves. You know, there's there's transition periods for every team. You know, and that's mm-hmm. what's going on with the Spurs right now. The other teams that weren't good for so many years in the Utah Jazz, you know, they had a little slump there. In the you know Denver Nuggets, they weren't good mm-hmm. for a number of years. Now those younger players that they drafted or traded for are starting to come into their own, and that's what's mm-hmm. happening right now. The Spurs are in this transition phase, this flux, where they have these younger players that are going to start taking up the mantle, but they're really not going to be good at least until another maybe two or three years down the road. And then at mm-hmm. that time, when you see this reemergence occur. And the Spurs are viable once again in the NBA. You're going to hear, "Oh, they're back. They never yeah. left. It's just part of the seasons of change. That's all it is." Yeah. I mean, you know, that's very well put. It, it, times are changing. That definitely is happening right now, and the Spurs are not immune to that. So we'll definitely see what happens in the off season. And speaking of the off season, well, that time of year a little too early though for my taste show, but. The Spurs offseason is here. Obviously, all eyes are going to be on Kawhi Leonard. We know that. Left and right, Joe. I mean, this seems like this is daily now. He said this, and she said that. This source and this report and this organization and this media outlet. The latest show is this. You guys heard about this? His sister, who runs his Instagram page, says that there is no ill will between him and Kawhi Leonard, uh, the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard, that all is fine. He wants to be a Spurb. You heard this before. On the other side, you have reports coming out of the New York Daily News saying that there's an executive in the NBA saying that Kawhi Leonard now has a list of demands for the Spurs and that he wants things to be changed and possibly he's changed practices and this and that and are they going to offer him the $219 million, et cetera, et cetera. Joe, I don't know where to even begin with this topic. I'm at the point of call me when it's over or call me when they meet at the table. I mean, I've come to that point now. Yeah, I think we all have. I mean, at this juncture, you just got to realize one thing. I mean, where are all these people getting their information from? You know, it's the same thing that's been going on with ESPN all, all, all season. You know, the national media, we hear this story, we hear that story. But the the, the weird thing is, Kawhi's not one to talk. <laughs> so you got to ask yourself, where's who are their sources? You know, so... I just think it's just more cannon fodder. I, I wouldn't, at this point, buy into anything. I'm I'm over it. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna wait until you know they actually, the Spurs and Kawhi sit down have a talk. Then we can finally see. Okay, what's really going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is just getting crazy now. I mean, it's enough to make your head spin. Um, as I mentioned uh, just today, by the time we're listening to this, uh, Frank Isola of the New York Daily News. Uh, wrote an article about Kawhi Leonard and the situation, and in it, 
according to a source that he had, which is an executive, a rival executive to San Antonio, uh, saying that Kawhi Leonard has a list of demands that he wants Popovich to tweak some things and lighten up on practices, which I think is a bunch of BS. Um, You also have reports coming out um, via Mark Stein uh, saying that the Spurs are not going to trade him. It's it's really to the point now where I think that once the NBA season is over, officially over, and it's time to negotiate, that's what Spurs fans should know. Now, is this good just to talk about it and tell that point? Of course it is. You know, you want to have something to talk about? The Spurs are starting the offseason way early. It's going to get very boring in a while. And uh, we're going to be talking about some unknown summer league guy who's never going to make the team and act like he's the next coming of LeBron James. It's going to be that crazy. But, yeah, Joe, I think the best advice is just simply is for Spurs fans, it's just a wait, wait. Wait till they come to the table. Wait till you hear that breaking news that everybody's going to be reporting on. It's going to be in every outlet where it says either he's staying or he's going, or he's passing on the extension or he's signing the extension. Personally, Joe, I mean, that's 219 reasons why he's going to stay in San Antonio. So at the end of the day, I think money is going to outweigh everything. And miraculously, he's going to feel so much healthier when he sees that $219 million deal on the table, if the Spurs choose to go that route. Your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you totally on that end. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. And uh, more than likely, you know, I would believe he's going to want to be a Spur. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, the sports personality here locally had said, you know, if you look at it and the Spurs offer him a $200 million plus max contract, over the course of his entire NBA career, or over in the course of, let's say, 20 years, 30 years, if he invested properly, uh, that could be he could be possibly walking away from a billion dollars. You know, So that's a lot of money yeah. to leave on the table. And if you go somewhere else, you know, you're going to get taxed, you're going to have to pay a state income tax and all this. I mean, the money just isn't what it used to be. And if you stay in San Antonio, he's comfortable, cost of living's great, weather's good. And best of all, he doesn't have the media hounding him wherever he goes. He can live a normal life with his family. That's a lot to walk away from. I expect him, you mm-hmm. know, to be to be back yeah, exactly. as over in black next season. Yeah, and if he's established himself as a star in San Antonio, uh, uh, you know, having to relocate, as many of the sources are saying, uh, to L.A. or Boston, I mean, he'll have to start over again and readjust to a new setting. Does he want to take that approach? Uh, does he want to walk away from $219 million? I don't think so. I don't think anybody would. Um, does he want to go to a team like L.A. that, yes, does have a championship history, but doesn't have any recent history of uh, winning titles as far as do? Uh, Boston, I get it. They're an up-and-coming team. But does Boston really want to part with some really good, solid, young studs for a player who – Apparently, is injury injury prone. At least this season proved it, and uh, his approach to handling this was all wrong. Now, look, there is a lot of great blame to go around, Joe. I think we can agree that the Spurs and Leonard and his camp handled this completely wrong. Oh yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Kawhi Leonard. Even though he's taking all the blame right now, and you know, Coach Pop tried to stick up for him here and there as he could, but I mean. He can only go and do so much until you hear it from Leonard. Mm-hmm. The fans, what did they say? We want to hear from him. 
Well, you did hear yeah. from him. He did talk to the media, but you're still not happy with that. He's not one to talk, but he talked to, to please the people. But these fans, they just want everyday updates. And, you know, it's just a bit much in a, in a long NBA season where your focus is on the team, the players, and putting the best product out there, getting them ready to, you know, hopefully make a run deeper and deeper into the playoffs. The last thing you need to do is be worried about giving daily updates on a player who you've already said is rehabbing, you know, and he's coming, trying to come back from injury. So, I mean, yeah. you know, granted, they, they did the best they could. Could they handle it better? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, you got to live and learn, you know, and move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think even the local media is divided, too. Um, I'm not going to have name, names or name sources or name outlets, but there is a big divide. Um, you have a lot of local San Antonio media. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more on the uh, E1 outside. Um, like uh, There's some media personalities that have been very vocal that the team, the players, don't want him around. And then you have the other camp that all is fine. Um, the local San Antonio reporters are saying everything is fine. There's nothing to look at, uh, he's going to be back, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, it's a relief and a dividing issue, not only among the national media, but the local media, I think, is really, really starting to become uh, divided on this topic. But we shall see soon enough once June, July rolls around. All right, let's move on now. Another big topic in the offseason is the fate of Bonner Ginobili. No, he's not demanding more money or he's out injured. As a matter of fact, he plays injured. Uh, they say his uh, future with San Antonio could come to an end in the form of retirement. Joe, I, I, the way he exited the game, the, I don't know if you heard this, apparently he told David West he's not coming back. I think that's what everybody was kind of talking about. But apparently video footage or audio was caught of David West asking him to be back, and he said, no, I think this is about it. But then he comes out and says he's going to take his time. Joe, do you think we just saw the last game of number 20 in uniform? I I really think that Manu's going to think about it. And the the, the one thing that we all noticed um, when we're doing our podcast and we talked about it is at the very end of the game, there's a, there's a moment where the camera caught Manu and he's kind of holding on to the ball and he's looking down mm-hmm. like he's in a, in a moment and he just mm-hmm. looks up. And I don't know if it was purely out of frustration or what, but he kind of just looked down and he looked up and he just threw the ball in the air, you know, like that's it, you know, but I don't, you can read a lot into that, but I think at this, this time when this, when this game ended and this season ended, he kind of walked off the court with a little bit of a different Mm -hmm. thought in his mind, you know, that he's really Mm going to give it, you know, some time to think it over. He's going to wait till, like he said, I'm going to wait a month or two and see how I feel. He's going to talk to the wife, you know, and get a feel for what their plans are in the future. But mm-hmm. I, I expect him back. I just think this is going to be a tough choice for him, a decision, of course, but he, his heart is still here. He can still play. And I don't think, you know, he's ready to walk away. I think that that moment that we saw there, him looking down, at the ball for, you know, just maybe a second or two and then just throwing it up like that's it. Kind of a little bit of a frustration. Like, I can't believe the season ended like that. He wants it to end on a better note than that if that's going to be it for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think we – I personally think he is leaning towards calling it a day. 
Um, exactly for the reasons why you got out about him throwing the ball up in the air, the alleged, uh, you know, comments he made with David West, the way he looked at Steve Kerr at the end of the game when Kerr kind of asking him, hey, come back, you, know, you look good, you feel good. He just kept on looking down. And the way he even left the game, you know, just pointed up to the air, head down, and just barreled through that uh, tunnel. Um, I, I, you know, the players and Clay Thompson in particular, he went up to him and kind of hit him on the chest saying, you're unbelievable, you're unbelievable. Uh, it's, I think... I think if the Spurs are definitely in a transition phase, and if he sees that, uh, look, he said after the game that he's not going to allow the Spurs personnel decisions to dictate whether he comes or goes or retires or not. Um, he said the same thing he said last season. He's going to wait, and he even gave a deadline. He said, I'll let you know by July, more or less, he said, if I'm going to come back or not. I think we're really, really leaning towards the eventual announcement that he is going to be back, but with the caveat of, this is going to be my last year. Like, I'll just let you know now. Kind of like what Vince Carter did. He, they asked him the same thing. Are you going to retire? He said, no, but I'm letting you know now. Next year's it. Yeah. I think Mono could do something very similar uh, that VC did. So oh, I'll then, tell you one thing. I mean, come on, Monty. I mean, VC and Dirk are coming back. He can come <laughs> back, too. I'll tell you one thing, though. We could have seen Tony Parker's last game as a San Antonio Spur. It was very clear and very evident to everybody this season that he has lost a step and he's not the same person. He wants mm-hmm. to come back for one more season, but it might not be in a San Antonio Spur uniform. I think that the time has come to have it heart to heart and say, you know, um, you're just not the same player you used to be, you know. So that's another mm-hmm. one that, you know, I kind of thought about as I, I watched the game, you know, end on that sour note at loss to the Warriors. But I was thinking, wow, this could be really the last time we see not only Manu, but Tony as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I get it. You know, TP lost the step, and I get it. This is that he's a free agent. But, you know, if he's going to come back, it's going to be for bare minimum. I think it's going to be like the veteran minimum. I don't think they're going to give him a pity. Obviously, they're not. Yeah. You know, he's not the same player. And, you know, in this day and age where youth at that position is key and vital, uh, you know, if he's going to come off the bench, which he is, you know, he did this year, but for another team, it's going to be interesting, you know, but I just don't think that they'll let him walk like that. I think in, in the history of the Spurs, one of the travesties was trading away George Gervin and I, you know, to Chicago back in the day. Uh, I don't think they should do the same for TP. I know I get it. You know, he's not Tim Duncan. He's not Mono Ginobili, but he was very, very important to the Spurs' run uh, in their golden age. I just don't see it, Joe. I think they're going to ask him to take a hometown discount, and then he'll stay. I think that's how it'll work out. We'll just have uh, to see Joe, what happens. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, I said we'll just have to see what happens. And I have a saying, never get attached to players because we've seen them go. You know, and, and throughout Spurs' history as well, players that people love, that they, they admire, that the city will never get rid of, and Malik Rose – Sean Elliott, so we just don't know what will happen. Yeah, exactly. We shall see, you know, yeah, you bring up two other examples, you know, Sean and uh, Malik, uh, you know, nobody thought Sean would get traded, you know, he was yeah. a fan favorite, and that trades in the Pistons. Um, well, Malik Rose, too, I think, uh, did they waive him or they traded him? I think they traded they him, They right? traded him, yeah. Yeah. 
So we shall see. Uh, Joe, what is your uh, one thing you're going to be looking out for in this offseason? Oh, man, Spurs have a lot of decisions they got to make. You know, they have a Danny Green to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want him back or not? Yeah, like I was saying, you know, they have some tough decisions. You know, do they keep a Danny Green? Do they keep, you know, Tony Parker? Um, who else are you going to keep moving forward? You know, they still have a decision to make about are they going to bring back Davis Bertons, you know, Bryn Forbes, mm-hmm. you know, these players – that garner well we know what you think about uh, davis i mean uh, Bryn forbes Bryn, so oh yeah man he can go and so you know i think Bryn forbes more than likely he's going to be let go in the offseason the same thing with joffrey laverne you know i mean mm-hmm. uh he he's a player that you know i he showed promise in the post i mean the preseason i'm sorry mm-hmm. but he just disappeared you know as the season went on he had injuries here and there he came back but he just didn't have have it you know he didn't have it and that was consistency. So the Spurs right now, the other teams in the league, especially in the West, have passed or surpassed them when it comes to talent. Now the Spurs need to have a really good look at this team and maybe even start, you know, like you said, cashing in some chips that they have stashed away overseas. See, they have some players uh, over the pond there that, that show some great promise. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it would be intriguing to see, you know, I think the closest they had was last offseason with uh, guard Adam Honga, but uh, that is probably likely not going to happen. You, you know, this is, has not been reported, but uh, yeah, he busted his knee again. Oh, busted man. his knee, tore his knee up again, and he's just coming back uh, rehabbing and playing games now. So I, I think he's damaged goods already. You have another uh, Euro stashed. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm going to try my best. Mulutinov or Mulutinov. can never pronounce it. Mulutinov. Um, he just recently inked a long-term deal with a uh, Russian team, I believe. Just a year old team, I'm going to put it like that. Okay. So he'll probably be scratched off. So I think the Spurs are in, the, in an odd situation right now. They're going to have to really start thinking about, you know, in my opinion, not grenading the team. More like Throwing a bunch of uh, blackjack uh, firecrackers at it, <laughs> see um, what they can get. Because you're right, I, I think I think you keep ten. I think I like this promise. I want to give him another season. I want to give him another chance. Yeah. It's kind of unfair. Rudy Gay come on board, you know. Um, they're going to get his minutes. minutes over Bertan. So there's that. Yeah. Bryn Forbes, I agree with you. You know, he's got to go. You know, he just just did not show up at all. Yeah. And then. You got to look at uh, Brendan Paul. What do you do with Brendan Paul? I think he has a lot of promise. Do you still let him develop? Maybe throw him in the uh, G League for a while again. Uh, what about Derek White? White? Yeah. But Derek White, he's the most intriguing prospect. You know, if, if he, if that promise we saw in the G League and the flashes we saw in the NBA, the Spurs might be having something here with him. Yeah, I think so. I, I like Derek White. I like his. Uh... His tenacity, he's he's fearless. You know, he'll go up there and yeah. play, and he showed that in little flashes. You know, the couple minutes that he was able to play in the in the playoffs, but he mm-hmm. was actually he played better than than Tony Parker in his limited minutes and Bryn Forbes. You know, so I, I'd rather have him as a Spurs player. You know, in a uniform next year, and Bryn Forbes is an undersized guard, and the Spurs have those in spades, and they need to start you know getting with the times. Because those undersized guards can't guard anybody, you know. We saw in you know tr- them trying to guard a Clay Thompson and a you know a Kevin Durant. It 
and look absolutely ridiculous out there like David and Goliath, you know? Yeah, exactly. So uh, they have, I think they still have to get younger and I, I mean, this is for another show, Joe, but I, I think you can agree with me and I think you pretty much want to get torched to the contracts of Patty Mills and Pal Gasol. I mean, come oh, on, man. Joe, what would the, what in the <laughs> hell were they thinking? Yeah, man, that Patty Mills, you know, he did, he did good in the playoffs. I'll give him that. Mm. Yeah, he did. He did. You know, not going to knock him, you know, but yeah. that contract is a bit too much. Yeah, it's too much for an undersized guard. And, you know, you're going to, and the same thing with Danny Green, you know, and Paul Gasol. I mean, you're going to pay them based on production. It's just like a job, you know, when you go in and you work at a place for, for a year or so, you get called into the boss's office and they're going to tell you, mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and give you a raise based on your production. You know, if you come into work every day, you're not late, you don't call in, mm-hmm. you're going to get a raise. But if you're not producing out there, you know, for the, the employer, well, you're not going to get as much of a race. And that's the same thing mm-hmm. that should happen with these players. People and the fans, they fall in love with them. But at the end of the day, you know, Danny Green's nickname, for me anyway, is the bricklayer. You know, he throws mm-hmm. up a lot of bricks, you know, and so, so does Patty Mills. And if you're paying for production and Paul Gasol, you know, these three players just aren't cutting it, man. You, you got to start looking to the future. And if you hang on to them and you hang on to them too long, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Yeah, exactly. And um, look, Pal Gasol, after the uh, Game 5 loss in the end of the season, pretty much said he ain't thinking about retiring. So there's not even that option yet. Uh, so uh, yeah, the Spurs, are, I think, on a financial level and on a roster level, I think they have a lot of work cut out for them. Oh, now, you want to toss in this too? If the Spurs do get Kawhi to uh, sign on the dotted line and $219 million. How much money are they going to have left to bring in more of the free agents or re-sign players that could be key down the road? I think this is a very, very huge transition period in the Spurs. I think I am more uh, excited for the offseason than I am in the regular season. Just I want to see where this team is going. Because this team, if they take one step right, it could be the end of the Spurs as you know it. They could be rebuilding for quite some time. That's a big monster contract. You're about to offer a Kawhi Leonard who has an injury that supposedly is degenerative and could get worse. Or do you try your best and try to see gets up to less than the maxi per max and then offend him? And he gets, I am worth more than that. I'm worth the super max. Adios, Spurs. So they got to tread lightly here. I got a good compromise. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I got a good compromise, really. I, I was thinking, what if they sit Kawhi down and tell him, look, we have a good chance, and this is just speculation, of mm-hmm. you playing alongside LeBron James. He's interested in becoming a Spur. What if they mm-hmm. can sign LeBron for one year, see how it goes, and, you know, maybe offer Kawhi a contract, you know, and see, hey, hey we're not going to give you the Supermax right now, but what if mm-hmm. we give you a really good paycheck for the next two or three years. And then we'll reconvene after that, you know, yeah. but you're going to be playing alongside LeBron James and you can possibly even go to the finals and get a chance to win another championship. I mean, wouldn't that seem like, you know, that would sweeten the deal for you. But I mean, these players nowadays, they're always about the the cash, you know, so mm-hmm. who's to say he's not the Tim Duncan kind of David Robinson That'll take one for the team player. I don't think so. We'll just see what happens. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You look, it, it is an era of 
sneaker deals of me first. Uh, you know, you you don't have your Tim Duncans or not there anymore, at least in this organization. Look, I'm not bashing Kawhi. I'm not sitting here saying that he's not. I mean, he's a quiet guy. He gets the job done. He's a very blue-collar worker, and he's a very good one at that when healthy. And never once in the time that I've been on press row overheard him in the huddle doing anything that would be contrary to that uh, or in team practices when I've gone or on the road when I've been with the Spurs. Never seen anything like that. Uh, I'm just saying that we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We do not know. Is the situation between the Spurs and Kawhi as reported really that big of a divide? Is it really that severe? I mean, just recently, Joe, we had um, ESPN's Wojnarowski report that the Spurs are not going to offer him a Supermax deal if they don't fix their relationship uh, first and foremost. And look, uh, who's the question? Woj, you know, he is one of the, he's probably the best, if not one of the best in the NBA reporting business. But if that's true, then my goodness, Joe, I think this team is just, I don't know where to begin. I mean, if they lose Kawhi, they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. If they lose Kawhi, that's going to hurt because they're not going to get equal value. They'll get some really, really good pieces and really good players, but not at the level of Kawhi Leonard. If they stay with him and sink him to that $219 million extension, that severely hurts their contract, their financial status with the mega contracts they've given Mills and Powell all. So, you know, what do they do, Joe? Seriously, I don't know what to say. I'm stumped here, Joe. <clears throat> what the Spurs are going to have to do is they're going to have to realize one important thing. If they're going to want to stay relevant and add pieces that are going to keep them relevant and going deeper into the playoffs, because at the end of the day, the further a team goes into the playoffs, the more money they make. And at the, the mm-hmm. end of the day, if it's about the bottom line, you're going to have to give the fans and the league what they want, and that's competition. Mm-hmm. You know, So more than likely, the Spurs are going to find themselves in uncharted territory by... I actually expect them to go over the cap. So they're going to have that maybe for, you know, one of the first times here in in Spurs history, and it's going to be a different change for them. But if they want to stay competitive, that's something that they're going to have to really think about. Yeah. And um, I'm not too familiar with who the management is now. I know uh, Peter Holt is no longer. I think the wife is in charge now. Yes. So uh, I think um, I forget her name. My apologies. But the, uh, the Holt. Uh, lady, the, the Peter Holtek wife, you know, there's in the, and the collective that's around her, they're going to have to really seriously think about for one of the rare times to, to really go over that salary cap and pay those taxes if the Spurs want to remain competitive. Because if they don't, show, then they may just blow it up. Then they may just start from scratch, tank, get a good high draft pick, and start all over again. Um, could be their best friend. But, um, we want to hear what you have to say. You can email me at jeffgarcia74 at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at jeffgspurzone. Joe's going to tell you everything about Two Shots Podcast. Yeah, you can find us at Two Shots Podcast, and it's spelled out T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also find us on the World Wide Web at twoshotssa.com. Go check them out. Joe has a lot of uh, good Spurs info and good Spurs shows. And I think you, fans can catch you if they're in San Antonio because you've been making a lot of guest appearances on uh, 
Ticket 760, I believe. Yeah, I've been coming out on the Ticket 760 AM and also WOAI 1200 AM with Chris Duell uh, for Game Time React and also on the Chris Duell Show. So, you know, just uh, catch us and tune in and we'll talk some sports. There you go. It is the offseason. Plenty to talk about as we kind of highlighted. And that's just scratching the surface, Spurs fans. So uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride this offseason, but hang on tight with uh, us right here at Locked On Spurs. And, uh, yeah, for all the latest. So for Joe Garcia, I am Jeff Garcia. We'll put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs.